The Humble Entrepreneur Podcast. My personal take on life and business by Robert Terry. Since 2005, I've been the co-owner of Nationwide Ventilation Limited, installing commercial kitchen ventilation. We've worked for the biggest names in the industry, including KFC and Taco Bell. The podcast gives you an insight into my journey and learnings along the way. Available on iTunes and Stitcher. Smaller businesses shouldn't have bigger businesses as customers. Now, all small business owners want to have a big business. They want to have, for example, a ventilation business like us. They want to have a KFC. They want to have a Taco Bell. They want to have whoever it may be, McDonald's. And it depends on what field you're in, obviously, as to what you class as a bigger business. But there's a lot of great stuff about bigger businesses because they obviously give you um, repeat orders. They've got the big work to go on. It's not just a one-off project. It's often a contract of rolling stuff. So people see it as the magic bullet and they think it's fantastic that they're going to be able to ca basically carry on getting work out of them, which is great. And it is great. Don't get me wrong. We all want to work for bigger businesses, we want big customers, that kind of thing. But it is not always that great. Sometimes working for bigger businesses can be a particular pain in the ass, especially if you are a smaller business. So seven reasons I'm going to go through, and I use these reasons. Uh, I, I've come up, we've come up with these reasons because this is what we have found. We have dealt with bigger businesses, like I say, in nationwide ventilation. We work with KFC all the time. Work with uh, Taco Bell all the time. We work with Nando's, all the people like that. We work with. We've done Mitchells and Butlers, pubs, so Sizzlers, Harvesters, all those kind of things. So what I am talking about from experience has come from that fact that we have done there, we've been there, we've seen it. Uh, I'm not trying to brag about it, but we have dealt with some big businesses, some massive multinational companies, that kind of thing. So it's come from our own experience. So number one, they take ages to pay. Generally speaking, the bigger the business, the longer their terms of payment are gonna be for you, which is, okay if you can if you can get over the initial thing now some companies um, I mean a lot smaller businesses they want their money up front because you're a one-man band or whatever and you want your money in and you want to keep the money churning and that kind of thing but if you start to when we was working for M&B for example 90 days plus for payments sometimes it slipped to 120 days for payments that's three months four months now you put that into context of a manufacturing business where our wages are paid weekly, our suppliers are paid monthly, and then you have to wait another two months on top of that to get your money in from the customer. It's a long way to go, especially if you're doing, at the time, I mean, we was doing a lot of work with M&B, we was doing um, probably 125, 130 grand a month with them. That is a lot of um, money tied up. So, you know, once you get over the first sort of period of six months and providing the work continually rolls, you get paid and you get paid, you get paid, but initially, you have got to have enough money to carry on funding it. Now, in some aspects, it's not so bad if you're a smaller business, because if you're a smaller business, it could just be you yourself working on it. But if you're doing that at the exclusion of other work, then that's when the problem is going to come in. Because if, for example, you do a hell of a load of work, you do 30 hours, 40 hours work in one week for a bigger company, and they don't pay you for a long time, that means you've missed that whole period of funding or that whole period of getting money in from your other customers that pay you more regularly. So be careful about the amount of time they take to pay because it is an absolute nightmare. Like I say, waiting um, sort of 
60 days, 90 days, 120 days for payment when you're doing 100 grand a month with them. That's 400 grand's worth of tied up equity you could have in them. Um, so it could be an absolute nightmare in that respect. So that's number one. Number two, they have economy of scale to drive you down. Basically, they are bulk buying. They fucking buy massively. And for that reason, they expect it cheaper. So you will probably find that whilst you are working for them and you're getting repeat orders from them, your margins are going to be eroded because they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They are knocking you back on what it is and the money that you're, you're, they're paying you for doing whatever it is because they know that they've got potentially, it's like us, we know in advance, you in advance potentially, what KFCs are coming up, what Taco Bells are coming up, and we can look at that and see the amount of work. And it's lovely to think, yeah, we've got 25 KFCs coming this year, 30 Taco Bells, whatever it may be, but that's when they start turning around and saying, well, we're giving you 30 jobs that are worth like 40, 50 grand a pop, what discount are we getting off that? So they have the economy of scale to drive you down on your price. So that's number two. Number three, they are demanding. It's as simple as that. Because they know you want their work, they are demanding. Now, it's not so much so. I mean, we walked away from Burger King. We could have got a lot of work at Burger King purely because of the way they work and how demanding they are in terms of what you are, even down to what you're allowed to earn. They tell you the amount of profit you are allowed to make on their jobs. And believe it or not, with Burger King, it's 5%. So I kind of, you're right, mate. 5% is all you will ever make as a profit margin out of Burger King. Now, when you think you've got £100,000 worth of work tied up in one month for them to make £5,000 profit, <clears throat> not going to happen, guys. So they are way too demanding. Likewise, it got to a point with Mitchells and Butlers as well where they were demanding. Now, our terms and conditions say if there's a problem and something goes down on site, we've got 24 hours to respond to get it sorted. They would not have that. If a pub went down in the middle of service, they wanted you there within a two hour time slot to fix it, which is great. It's not too much of a problem if it's just two minutes down the road. But M&B, when we was working with them, like I say, harvesters and places like that, they were all over the country. We're based down in the southeast, down in Kent, and you can imagine if we've got to get to, say, Liverpool or Blackpool, it's a five, six hour drive. For us to get somebody there, it's not possible, but that is what you had to do if you wanted their business. So they are incredibly demanding. And again, because they have the economies of scales, that you want their work, they you know, they know you're desperate to get it. So they, they work on that and they make sure that their demands are met. So that's number three. Number four, they take ages to react to anything. Invoice queries, if they've got an invoice query, they'll just put it on hold and you try and find the right person. Now, when we was working with M&B, I think they had in head office, there's something like 4,000 people there. You can imagine, same with KFC. Some of the KFC franchises are massive. They employ 40, 50,000 people. Trying to find the right person to talk to is an absolute nightmare. And even if you can find the right person to talk to, it takes ages. It's likewise, if you want to change something, change the specification of something, for example, we wanted to change, um, when we do our, when we do a KFC, we, we change, uh, we fit the fryer canopies, the ones that go over little fryers. It's a built, all-in-one built-in hood that sits on the floor mount, it sits over the top. We wanted to change the actual light that we was using, because we were struggling to get hold of these particular type of fire-rated damper. But to change anything, you have to have it approved. Now, for us to get it approved meant that we had to go for our franchisee. The franchisee then had to go to the UK, people at KFC and then from the KFC in the UK they had to go back to America etc to get it approved you can imagine the size of an organization like KFC it takes a long time to get anything approved so that takes some ages to do it so that's number 
before they take ages to react, not just to invoice queries and things like that, but anything like that. They just take ages and ages to react because they're such a massive beast. There's so many tiers, there's so many levels of management that it's got to go through for them to get to the right point. And then it's got to come all the way back down the chain again to get back to you. So it's a fucking nightmare, trust me. Number five, they are set in their ways. It's been done like that since ever we've done it. That's how it's gonna stay. And seriously, that is how some companies work. You may actually be offering something that is better, bigger, faster, but they do not care because at the end of the day, it's been done that way for the last 50 years and that's the way it will carry on being done. This was massively prevalent when I worked um, as a trainee. When I was a trainee at WT Henley's, they make overhead line distribution equipment. I was the designer and I had to try and get new products approved. And you can imagine trying to get a product approved by the, nationals, uh, the National Grid Seaboard or something like that. You have to. And it's a case of, well, we've done it this way for the last 75 years. It's worked this way for the last 75 years. So why should we change our fucking ways now? So they can be so set in their ways that they just do not, cannot, and will not change. And it is an absolute bollocade. So number five is they are massively set in their ways. And like I say, you can be offering them out. You can be giving them the next best thing since sliced bread, but because that's not how it's been done or whatever, they are not gonna change. Likewise, they have approved supply lists that just don't change. And it's a nightmare trying to get on them, but when you do get on them, that's when you're in. But other than that, they are so set in their ways that they will not touch or deal with anything else. Number six, they are no more secure than smaller businesses. Look in the recent years at how many bigger businesses have gone down the pan. Think about more. We all know the high street has been absolutely decimated. Places like Debenhams. Christ, Debenhams has been around for years. It was massive back in the heyday. And Woolworths and all those sort of different places, even down to the travel agents that have gone bust. Do you think they are absolutely massive? Do you think your money is secure with them? Bullshit. It is no more secure than what you are working with a smaller business. I would rather work with four or five smaller businesses giving me a hundred thousand pound than work for one big company giving me half a million pound in one hit because it spreads the risk. You are much more safer spreading the risk out rather than having all your eggs in that one basket because they are no more secure. We all think they are. We all think, oh, it can never happen to them. It can, it has. History has proved it, and COVID, for example, is a massive reckoner on that. You look at Carillion, we was doing work a few years back with Carillion, the building firm, and the sort of contracting firm, and our customer um, was working direct for Carillion. He was into them for three quarters of a million pound and lost the lot because they went down the pan. So it can happen, it does happen, and it will carry on happening because for whatever we think, they are no more secure than what we are as smaller businesses, guys. So number six, they're no more secure. Number seven is they only give a fuck about their, their bottom line, their shareholders. At the end of the day, that is it. They are a big PLC company, they're floated on the stock exchange, that kind of thing. They have got a board of people that, that you've got your board of directors, but they then, they then go back to their shareholders. The board of directors, with me, the board of directors ends with me. That's it, I am the director, I'm a co-director as well. But we, we work together. But they have, a, they have a massive group of shareholders that they've got to look after. They've got to get the profits from, they've got to return their investment, all of those kind of things. And in all honesty, that is all they give a shit about, is getting their bottom line sorted. They need to make a profit 
on the bottom line. Now that can be every ways, and the easy way to do it is to cut corners, cut costs, that kind of thing. And that generally means that they're doing it for you. So there you go. It's not gonna be as good as you think it is because all oh, they don't care about you, the little middleman. They care about their bottom line, and their bottom line then goes on to care about their shareholders. That is it, guys, trust me. We know that, we've been told that. When we was working with M&B, the guys basically up there said, we don't give a fuck, we've just got to keep the shareholders happy. That is it. And for us to keep the shareholders happy, we have got to give them a return on their investment. Their investment is the shares they've bought in the company. So that is it, number seven, guys. So let me go through quickly again. I'll just recap real quickly again. Won't go into the detail of it again, but like I say, we have found this out from the companies, the bigger businesses that we've dealt with. Like I say, we've dealt with some big boys across the years and this is what we have found. There are more reasons, there are counter arguments to it all as well, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the reasons you don't wanna be doing it. So number one, they take longer to pay. Number two, they have economies of scale so they can drive your price down. Number three, they are too demanding. Number four, they take ages to react to anything. Number five, they are set in their ways. It's been done that way for years, so they're gonna carry on doing it that way. Number six, they are no more secure than a smaller business. Number seven is, they only care about their bottom line and their shareholders. That's it, guys. They're the seven ones that we have found. And trust me, like I say, that comes from experience, guys. So please um, like this, share it. And if you think it can help anyone, pass it on to them because everyone wants to get with the big businesses, but it's not always as good as we think it is. It's not always the silver bullet to business. So please like and share it um, so that other people can have a listen. If you disagree with me, please comment and please do let me know if there's anything you'd like me to include, not including these kind of lives. Right, guys, I shall leave you all to it. This will probably be repurposed um, onto the Humble Entrepreneur podcast. So again, if you want to listen to the Humble Entrepreneur podcast, it's available on all platforms. If you just go on and Google the Humble Entrepreneur, you will find it somewhere on the internet, guys. Trust me. Right, speak to you all later on, guys. Cheers, and thanks for tuning in, Connor. Always appreciate your help, mate. Remember, folks, stay humble and let your success talk for you. See you later. I think we have to go.